Turn your Bibles to the book of James chapter 2 this morning, if you would. James chapter 2. And as you're turning there, just a couple things to think about. Why shouldn't you trust stairs? Because they're always up to something. I had a happy childhood. I had three older brothers, and they would always put me in tires and roll me down the hill. Those were good years. Those were good years, Harley. <laughs> some of you got it, some of you didn't. Amen. This morning, we are going to talk about overcoming dead faith. Overcoming dead faith. Let's pick up in James chapter 2. Skip down to verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. But even demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Great piece of scripture here this morning, but I do have to say it's one of the most misinterpreted pieces of scripture in all the Bible as well. Many have made the mistake in falsely interpreting this passage as, as teaching that we are saved or, or we are justified by doing good works or doing good deeds. And this occurs um, mainly because it's, it's taken out of context. We have to understand the, the context that we're reading it. And they also didn't take the time to analyze the entire Bible, the entire Word of God. This passage truly teaches us that we are not saved by works, but we are saved by grace. And we'll, we'll dig into that a little deeper. They didn't take the time to compare it to the rest of the Bible. Because the Bible clearly teaches that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? It's God's free gift 
to us all. Plain and simple. We cannot be saved by good works, by doing good deeds. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Amen? Romans 1.17. Piece of scripture that really changed the course of history. The just shall live by faith. A priest named Martin Luther was studying the Bible and he kept coming across this passage and it, and it just kept sticking in his heart. And that made him write that thesis that he nailed on the, Catholic, uh, the, the front doors of the Catholic Church and he started a Protestant Reformation. The just shall live by faith. Now, let's go back to verse 21 in our original text in the book of James. It says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Again, taken out of context, this verse seems to be saying one thing, but go to Romans chapter 4. Starting at verse 1. What then shall we say that Abraham our father has, uh, that our father has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? It says Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. You see what God is saying there? To him who's trying to earn his way into heaven, the one who's trying to do good deeds to earn uh, his way into, into heaven, God says to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him, on Christ, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Now, we see these, these verses here in Romans chapter 4. And if we just take uh, the, the verse, uh, verse 21 in uh, James chapter 2, it almost looks like this, these verses here in Romans are a rebuttal of James chapter 2. But that's only on the surface. That's only if we don't take the time to, to dig into God's word, to set the proper context, to compare God's word with God's word, let scripture interpret scripture. I can tell you one thing. I've been studying this book for over 25 years. I can't tell you everything about it, but I can tell you one thing for sure. There is not one contradiction from Genesis to Revelation. Amen? 
There is no contradiction in the word of God. So it's up to us to, to say, wait a minute. Something's not doesn't sound right. I must be misreading something. One thing that we have to understand is take it in context. Amen? So what is the proper context of the book of James, of these, this passage that, that we're looking at? Well, what we have to understand is that here in Romans, God is talking about our faith in God's presence. Amen? In James chapter 2, God is talking about our faith in the presence of each other, in the presence of man, mankind. Amen? Romans is talking about our faith in the presence of God, holy God, and James is talking about our faith in the presence of each other. Amen? The key is in, in chapter 18. James says, show me your faith. Amen? We have to make sure we catch that. James said, in the book of James, it says, show me your faith. In Romans, God is talking about the faith that we cannot see. Amen? That's the, that's the root of our salvation. Amen? The faith we cannot see, the root of our salvation, that's in our hearts. Now, in James, he's talking about the faith that you can see. Amen? That is the fruit of our salvation. Romans is talking about the root of our salvation in our heart, the, the faith you can't see. James is talking about the fruit of our salvation, that which you can see. Amen? In Romans, the root of salvation is below ground. It's below the surface. It's the foundation of our faith. But in James, when he's talking about the fruit of our salvation... It's above ground. It's right on the surface for everyone to see. It's the actual building that was built on that foundation, that inward foundation. Amen? In Romans, we're talking about that inward change. In James, we're talking about that outward change that comes from what? That inward change. Amen? The root of salvation and then the fruit of our salvation. Now that we have... Uh, you know, we understand the difference and, and we have the, the proper context. I want to spend our time in the book of James. God is pointing out a big problem that we have in, in many of our churches today. And that is a problem of dead faith. Amen? Dead faith. One thing that dead faith produces is empty words. Dead faith is empty words. Verse 14, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? A lot of the issues comes from uh, actually a mistranslation here. In the, in the original Greek, it literally says, can that kind of faith save him? But many translations, including the King James, it just says, can faith save him? But it literally means, can that kind of faith save him? Amen? So we have to understand exactly what God is talking about. And he's talking about a dead faith. He's talking about the kind of faith that cannot save. A dead faith. Then we're given an example. Verse 15. God says, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, 
but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So the key to really understanding exactly what God is saying here is right in verse 14, our opening verse. If someone, what's that four-letter word? Says. Amen? I can stand up here this morning and tell you that I am a brain surgeon. Does that mean I'm a brain surgeon? Just because I say it? You understand what God's saying here? He said, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can that kind of faith save him? He's talking about a a dead faith. He's talking about empty words. Just because someone says or claims something, it doesn't mean it's true. It doesn't mean it's factual. Great reading, Abraham Lincoln. If you ever read about Abraham Lincoln, his life, he lived an amazing life. There's a story that Abraham Lincoln tells. He's talking to a young man. And he asked that young man, he said, look, if a man has a dog with four legs, but the man chooses to call his tail a leg, how many legs does the dog have? The young man thought for a few moments. He said, I guess five. Lincoln immediately corrected him and said, no, the dog only has four legs, irregardless of what the man wants to call his tail. Amen? Just because someone says something doesn't change the fact about what it is. The dog had four legs just because the man says he has five doesn't mean it's true. Amen? The truth that our nation needs to hear today, loud and clear. Just because someone says that they have a saving faith doesn't necessarily mean that they have that kind of faith. Amen? It's possible to have a profession without a possession. Amen? It is possible there are many false prophets out there, many false teachers out there to claim and profess Jesus Christ, but yet not possess Jesus Christ. Amen? The Bible warns us of that front and back. Talking about food to the hungry person does not feed them. And that's the example that God has given us here. Just talking about food to that one that's hungry and destitute does not feed them. The same is also true about faith and salvation. Amen? Repeating words and saying we believe is not the same. It doesn't save. Amen? Just repeating words does not save save. Just saying that you believe does not save. We have to believe with all of our heart. Amen? All of our heart. We have to fully trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. This is exactly what we are reading here in the book of James. Just saying you have faith in Jesus Christ does not profit the soul one bit. We have to truly believe with all of our hearts. Otherwise, just empty words. Amen? 
So a dead faith, first and foremost, is empty words. Secondly, a dead faith is also empty belief. Empty belief. Skip down to verse 18. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. So the first part of of this piece of scripture in James 2, God addresses our words. Amen? But now God goes a little bit deeper. He digs a little bit deeper, and now he touches on our belief. Amen? First he touches on our words, those empty words, and then he goes after our belief. Listen, we can have a strong belief in orthodoxy, We can have a very strong belief in religion and still be unsaved and go to hell. Amen? Religion does not save. That is Satan's great deception. Amen? Satan tried to wipe out Christians from the face of this earth. He persecuted them and persecuted them and persecuted them. And what happened? It just made them stronger. It made them grow closer together. Satan realized, I cannot attack from the outside. So what did he do? He formed religion. Amen? He formed religion to deceive. So that people put their faith and their belief in religion. We can absolutely have an empty belief. Look at verse 19. He said, you believe that there is one God and you do well. But he said, even the demons believe and tremble. Amen. So it has to be more than just a a head belief. Look at Matthew chapter 8. Skipping down to verse 28. When Jesus had come to the other side, to the country of the Gergesenes, There met him two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce so that no one could pass the way. And suddenly they cried out, What have we to do with you, Jesus, you Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Even the demons recognized who he was, declared that he was Jesus, the Son of God. Matthew, or I'm sorry, Mark chapter 1. Skipping down to verse 23. Now there was a man in their synagogue. Where? What was a synagogue? A Jewish what? Church. There was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit. And he cried out saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are. The Holy One of God. These are demons. Amen. Gospel of Luke. Chapter 4. Skipping down to verse 41. And demons also came out of many 
crying out and saying, You are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus rebuking them did not allow them to speak, for they knew who he was, that he was the Christ. Even Satan and his demons, Satan and the fallen angels, know who Jesus is. Amen? But you're not going to see them in heaven, will you? So we have to understand there has to be something more than an empty belief. There has to be something more than a head knowledge of who Jesus is. They know, they know all the facts. They, they believe all the facts about Jesus. They even declare, you are the Son of God. You are the Messiah. You are the Holy One. They know all the facts about Christ. But they fall short. And they refuse to accept and confess that He is their Lord and their Savior. Amen? That's where they fall short. They refuse to confess that He is their Lord and their Savior. Empty belief. See, we can have all the head knowledge. We can read this book from front to back, ten times over. I'm sure we'll know all the historical facts that are contained in the Bible. Have all the head knowledge of God's Word and of Jesus Christ. But unless we find Him with our heart. Amen? Unless we find Him with our heart, unless we believe in Him and trust in Him with all of our heart, it's nothing more than an empty belief. So dead faith, first and foremost, is empty words, profession without profit, and it's also empty belief. Even Satan and his demons know who Jesus Christ is. Amen. They believe that he is the Son of God. They believe that he is the Holy One. But it's an empty belief because they don't trust him with all their heart. Lastly, Dead faith is also and is empty of life. It's empty of life. Go back to James 2. Skip down to verse 20. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Now skip on down to verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead... So faith without works is dead also. Faith without works is dead. That's because this kind of faith is not saving faith. Amen? This kind of faith leaves you spiritually dead. We are not saved by faith and works, are we? Not at all. We are saved by faith that works. Amen? Not faith and works, but we are saved by a faith that works. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's go back there a second. Let's back up all the way to verse 4 to get the, the full context of what we're reading here. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. 
and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, unless any should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, made in the flesh by hands. Now, in that passage, I want you to notice three important prepositions. Any English majors here? None, right? Hated English, didn't we? So three important prepositions. By, through, and for. Amen? He says in in verse 8, For by grace... There's your first. By grace, you have been saved through faith. Second preposition, through. By grace, through faith. Skipping down to verse 10. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Third preposition. Amen? Put it all together. We are saved by grace, through faith, for good works. Amen? We are not saved by good works, but you will see our faith through our good works. Amen? At least we ought to. Our good works, that's that that outward sign of that inward change. Amen? That outward sign of that fruit, of that inward change. And because of that, Inward change, that that genuine inward change. We do good works, amen? We have to remember that. Those good works come because of that inward change. And who's inside of us? When Jesus left, what did he leave behind? His Holy Spirit, amen? His Holy Spirit. That's exactly what God is telling us in our passage. Faith that does not produce good works is a dead faith. There is no no spiritual born-again life in that kind of faith. Amen? We can't say and profess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We can't be the body of Christ if we're not in the world Serving others as Christ did. Amen? That's the telltale sign. There's no spiritual born-again life in that kind of faith, in a dead faith. Now, let's, let's look in, in, back in James. Two examples that God gives us in this passage. We're going to close with these two examples. First is that of Abraham. Skip down to verse 21. This was that that confusing verse when you read it on the surface. 
Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God. That's important part. Amen? Underline that. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. So what is God saying here? We can answer that question by answering another question. God tells us here that the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. The question that you have to answer was when did that happen? Did that happen when he offered up Isaac? The answer is no. That happened 30 years earlier, 30 years prior. That's why you have to compare each scripture with scripture. You have to go back to Genesis chapter 15 to understand exactly what God is saying here. It was in Genesis 15. The Bible says, and he, talking about Abram or Abraham, And he believed in the Lord, and he, God, accounted it to him for righteousness. It was at that very moment that Abraham believed and trusted in the Lord with all of his heart. God is illustrating that here in the book of James. But that happened 30 years prior. To him offering up Isaac on that altar. Now do we understand? Are we seeing it a little more clear? Abraham didn't believe the moment he offered up Isaac. He believed 30 years earlier. That's why he had no questions and he offered up his son. The belief occurred 30 years prior. He's showing us how when Abraham offered up his son Isaac... He proved that what happened 30 years prior was real. It was a genuine belief. And Abraham still clung uh, uh, tightly to that belief. 30 years later, even to his precious son. Amen? That's what God is showing us here. It didn't make it real. It was the fruit Of what had already taken place inwardly 30 years earlier. Amen. You see the difference? The root of salvation was already there 30 years earlier when he believed in the Lord. When he offered up Isaac, that was just the fruit of that inward belief. Amen. That was the works. Now let's go back again to James chapter 2. Then we have the example of Rahab. Verse 25, likewise was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? You have to go back to Joshua chapter 2 to read about this account with Rahab, Rahab the harlot. And there we read about this harlot and how she goes from streetwalker to saint. How? A believing faith. Amen. She trusted in the Lord with all of her heart. Amen. 
And because of that genuine, that true inward change, she was moved unto good works. She was moved by God. And she helped the, the Joshua spies avoid capture and avoid, uh, uh, avoid punishment. Bottom line, God is telling us here that talk is cheap. Amen. God wants us to understand that talk is cheap. A true saving faith will move us to do good works. A true saving faith will move us to help those in need. A true saving faith will allow us, move us to lend a helping hand. Amen? That's what God is telling us here in this passage. Then we see verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. God is painting a picture for us here. He's, he's given us this picture of a corpse, a lifeless body. How much can a dead body do? Nothing. Amen? A dead body cannot do anything. But now picture the opposite. Picture a, 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 a live body, a vibrant body full of life. That body can accomplish many, many things. That body can, can volunteer at the soup kitchen. Amen? That body can, can volunteer at the homeless shelter. That body can work in the church. That body can serve those who are in need. It can do all those things. Why? Because it's filled with life. Amen? It's filled with life. It's not the works that bring life. It's life that bring the works. Amen? And we have to understand and know without a shadow of a doubt that that life is in Christ Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the what? The life. How do we overcome dead faith? Through Jesus Christ. Through a true, a true, genuine belief and trust in Him. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. 